0: Welcome to the Making Sense Podcast. This is Sam Harris. Well, today I want to share a clip from the second season of Absolutely Mental, the podcast I've been doing with Ricky Gervais. Many of you will have heard the first season, in whole or in part, and I think the second season is actually better. We have hit our stride here, I think. The genesis of this podcast is that Ricky and I would have an occasional phone call and it occurred to me that these conversations were fun enough that we should record them and see what happened. So the podcast itself really is virtually indistinguishable from telephone conversations we were having anyway, hence the conceit of making it a phone call. Obviously, we're aware that we're recording it and it's a podcast, but to a remarkable degree, it really is the kind of conversation. We were going to have anyway, which is unusual and a lot of fun. So, for many months, I've had the pleasure of rolling out of bed on a Saturday morning and getting on the line with Ricky, only to be reminded that with civilization unraveling all around us, he's primarily afraid of spiders. And as you'll hear, he is very good company. So, now this is a clip from season two, episode two and uh, I hope you enjoy it. And if you want to hear the rest of the series, both seasons are available at absolutelymental.com. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Although I was just anesthetized, which uh, doesn't happen often. And uh, that's an interesting experience. When's the last time you were put out?
1: I don't think I've ever had a general since I was about maybe 10 to have a tooth out.
0: Mm. This wasn't a general. You, you got a general to have a tooth out?
1: Well, we used to. I mean, wow. in, in, my, when I, in the late 60s, it was gas. Whenever you get one gas. of
0: these, these urchins who are covered with coal dust, you just put them yeah. right out to take their teeth out?
1: No, and I'd always wake up crying because hmm. I don't know what it was. I assumed it was some sort of would have been not some sort of mix of nitrous oxide. And... Yeah,
0: that's so. That's not that wouldn't be a general, but that yeah, that that would be. Oh well, no, among they used to dentists. No, I,
1: I was unconscious. Yeah, no, you, you I know, was... I guess
0: so. The the distinction between a general and, and, and what might be called a twilight anesthesia or you know anything oh. other than a general is that in a gen, in a general you're not breathing under your own power. Anymore. I oh mean, you're, really? You're you're, you're you're that deep, but and there may be more. There may be gradations that I that I'm not aware of. I'm not a, an anesthesiologist, but the uh,
1: oh, so it, they really put you you can be completely sleep. unconscious,
0: oh. but you know, still, it's not a general. It's a much lighter anesthesia.
1: I've then I've never had a general. Hmm. Um, oh, so you've, but you've, you've wanted, never had you, a, you didn't a have one. Surgery.
0: No, I had um. No. I had the 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 uh, the glorious intervention of a colonoscopy. And so they give you, oh. they give you propofol, which is what Michael Jackson was using recreationally to sleep with his crazy doctor, which wound up killing him, apparently.
1: Is that why you went for it? Because celebrity endorsement. You said, <laughs> yes. whatever, I want to, hey, do you wear one glove as I, well? I, I, yes, I, I, like, I, I, wore,
0: I wore a sequin glove.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, everything's okay, but it's,
0: it's amazing to have the, the lights uh, turned out that emphatically. That's. It's unlike. It's certainly unlike going to sleep at night.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, do you think? So it, it's so it's deeper than your unconscious sleeping self, even. It's de- It's deeper than that, is it? Yeah. If well, this what pr- you presumably
0: heard. it must be because I'm. I'm pretty sure I would wake up if someone was sticking a camera. Oh, up of course,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 one hopes. One yeah, always hopes.
1: I, mean, I, <laughs> I sort of meant. Yeah, no, you're right. Huh. Yeah, but but you're but um, in sleep, don't we f- don't doesn't the body freeze itself so you can't get injured? So when you're imagining mm-hmm. you're fighting and running, you're de- You're deadly still. You're sort of frozen. Is that true?
0: Yeah, dur- during REM sleep, you are, and um, and there there's there's a, a disorder of REM sleep where you're you're basically you you kind of wake up, but you're still frozen, so you can you can feel like you're. That's the explanation for many kinds of. Like UFO abduction experiences and, and other weirdness. I mean Well that I mean,
1: usually that usually ends with a finger up the arse yeah, as well, that, doesn't it? Just, just it's yes. just not a human <laughs> finger. A really long green one. That would wake you up. Yeah. I am pretty sure that would <laughs> that would wake you up. <laughs> well, I mean, this conversation makes my question seem a bit tame. Um I was gonna ask you, although it's probably in the ballpark. Mm. Do you know about hypnosis and how it works, mm. if it works, and if it works, how does it work? And I mean, I don't mean the, the, the mechanics of doing it. I mean, mm-hmm. why does it work? First of all, does it work?
0: Yeah, well, I have very little direct experience with it, although I, I do have, I have one experience that I can describe, which was interesting. So I, I, I'm, from the literature, I can certainly say that it works for some things on some right. people. I mean, there, there are people who are there's a there's a spectrum of hypnotizability, and there's a, there's yeah. a, a, a scale, you know, a Stanford scale of hypnotizability that that ranks people based on on a test. And I actually, had, when I was an undergraduate, I had that test. I was in a you know, psych one hundred and one, and they were looking for experimental subjects, and they gave uh, some subset of the class this test.
1: Oh, there's literally, you mean there's literally a scientific scale that's been sort of peer-reviewed, and that that is, oh, wow, I didn't know
0: that. I think it's at least least 50 years old, but it's it's the Stanford, I think it was a Harvard one too, but it's a Stanford scale of hypnotizability that is the standard, and I forget all of the exercises we, we had to do, but one stands out in my mind, and this this really proved to me that there was something there because I was I think I was fairly I recall being fairly skeptical that there was anything to this, right? But you're asked to do various things, and then one thing I remember being asked to do was to I'll describe the procedure in a second. But you're you're inducted into the state of hypnosis, and you're given various suggestions. So sort of two parts to hypnosis: there's the induction, and then the the suggestion phase, and right. One suggestion was was a kind of an age regression. We were now told we were now nine years old. I think it was, and and then given a piece of paper and a pen and asked to write the year. And I remember writing the year in, in nineteen seventy six without any you know arithmetic in my head. I mean, I just I just wrote it, and and then I was asked to sign my name, and you know without any conscious. I guess there's some could be an unconscious wish to comply with this thing but at the time it really felt like a you know an automaticity I signed my name in precisely the bubbly childlike handwriting that I would have you know would have been appropriate to a 9-year-old it certainly wasn't appropriate to my 18-year-old self so there that regression experience seemed pretty strong to me and um and there were like nine other things I think I was I think it was a scale of 10 and I was I was a nine in terms of hypnotizability. Uh, Might have been a scale of. 12, um. So does so. is
1: that does, is, that suggest to me that you're very weak willed? Yeah, no, um, so what what it, it what shouldn't. is the scale? To do? <laughs> so the scale presumably relates to a characteristic. It's not just a random thing. Have they looked into why some people are more easily hypnotized? Like you know, joking aside, could it be you know more complicity? Could it be you know that that the, that you want you you believe it more or that you're you're naive or you're cynical or is there are there are there more firm characteristics that would suggest you're a one or a ten
0: I don't actually know I think there are other things that it's correlated with like having a fantasy life or having kind of vivid daydreaming you know like you could, like you can really recall what your your daydreaming is about I don't actually know how much is understood about Differences in, in hypnotizability, but the um,
1: and would that be a structure of the brain? Would that be a type of brain? If it, if it was that, say, I won't hold you to it, but if it was that you have, you know, more a vivid imagination, is are there is that a type? Is that a brain type that some people have more vivid imaginations than others?
0: Well, I think we could probably get at it from the side of of what's happening when people are are seem to be successfully hypnotized, and there there has been some neuroimaging work on hypnosis and and the place where it's it's actually where the effect of hypnosis is I think least in dispute is with pain suppression. I mean there are people who've undergone surgeries, you know, real surgeries with no anesthetic but hypnosis. And this has been attested to for a very long time. But I, I recently had someone on my podcast who's who's been working on this in his lab and yeah, there many many people have undergone surgery under hypnosis, and um, and then people use hypnosis as a adjunct to anesthesia. They'll be given let's say a local when they might have been given more of a twilight anesthesia, and and so it's all, you know, just a local. Okay, plus so that's hypnosis. okay.
1: Well, that's very interesting. So yeah. tell me what happens there. So, supposing that works, and they're and they're not screaming now. Are they feeling pain? Well, no. Now, what we, is, well. I mean, they're, they're not, not feeling it at all. So they're not suppressing. They're not going. I don't mind this pain. Right. They're right. going. I, it's something's not getting to them. But that's impossible, isn't it? Because isn't pain a, a literal physical thing of synapse jumps and? Isn't it
0: seems. It? I, I mean, yeah, again, I, I don't think the wor- the work here is definitive because I think this topic is is somewhat in in ill repute among scientists. I mean, I don't. I don't think most neuroscientists are seriously considering focusing on hypnosis as a as a topic but i mean the neuroimaging work that's been done that i'm aware of has found that actually hypnosis is blocking the painful stimuli from from even registering in sensory cortex
1: okay so okay so hold on how is that possible so they're they're under hypnosis whatever that is right so they're they're under okay they're Mm -hmm. hypnotized whatever that is whether it's some sort of compliance or subconscious thing and literally the pain isn't getting to the pain receptors or i I can't well well, there can be downward
0: there can be downward top-down modulation of sensory cortex it's a you know I i think probably um there's an area in the the midline in the frontal lobes called the anterior cingulate cortex and that 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 shows up in, in many different paradigms, but it it's definitely involved in pain perception, and um, wow, it's there there are uh, more senior, more executive areas that could inhibit sensory cortex. And yes, I mean that wow. you know, that seems to be. I, I'd what still say what we've seen in neuroimaging. S-
1: if that even if that was working and it was going well, I still like to think a finger up my ass would bring me out of that. <laughs>
0: well you'll never know until you try
1: <laughs> and the doctors are furious why did why did you do that he was it was working why did you do that <laughs> well but that, there's an interesting thing though. here
0: because it's not clear whether hypnosis is a state you know because it, it's it's definitely advertised as being a state that gets induced and it's on the basis of that state that you then become suggestible but It's possible that that the suggestion itself is really the the whole story, or or much of it. For instance, I think there have been experiments done where the exact same induction and and suggestion process is happening, but in one paradigm it's called hypnosis, and in another it's called a, a relaxation exercise, and it has a very different effect on people, just the framing of it. I mean, the people thinking they're going to get hypnotized matters, as opposed to Thinking they're just relaxing, right?
1: Well, but that's why I can't get by. I know it's all about perception, but I still think of pain as a literal, objective thing. Like uh, you know, electricity jumping and and hurting, and you're whether you like it or not, you feel something, and that is what a pain is. But if it's a pain,
0: no, it's not like that. Well, just I mean, yes, the, the pain signal. You know, let's say at your at your finger, right? It's the same. It has to be the same from the finger on in, but at a certain point, what you're imagining is pure sensation, is being modulated by the rest of what the brain is doing, right? And and it becomes susceptible to significant influence and even cancellation. And where in the network of of, uh, the brain that's happening, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if, I mean, maybe someone has... A Good sense of it now, but uh, i'm just not aware of it but it, it, may, okay. it may still be somewhat mysterious, but this relates to the placebo effect, which is also well demonstrated for for pain and for many other things, but it, it it's also not understood, but it's clearly a belief based process that gets started I, that yes, is, is okay. medically efficacious i mean there it, it becomes a challenge to design drugs that beat placebos in many cases because they're so effective
1: okay so even though Even though there is an actual physical act to to do with the laws of physics and and, and electricity and all those things, it then becomes how you you perceive it in your brain and uh, it becomes subjective. I suppose that's like if you put your foot into a boiling hot bath by mistake, for a split second, you think it's cold you think there's something wrong here and you go oh and then you go no 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 it's hot well it's just extreme so yeah you,
0: yeah that's yeah you
1: haven't yeah. you haven't had time to work okay uh, okay okay i think i understand that
0: uh, the point to take on here i think is that a belief is also a physical act in your brain it's, it's no less a physical act than you getting hit with a hammer
1: of course of course
0: Like I said, the man is good company. That could have been the name of the podcast, in fact. But um, we went with the very British, Absolutely Mental. And if you enjoy both our company, you can find more of it at absolutelymental.com.